Hello, and welcome back to a, another episode of Drunk on Porpoise. Um, if you haven't seen my tweet, or you, you know, I haven't spoken to you recently, uh, I'm, I'm here on my own today, which is a bit weird, because I've never been, I haven't done a podcast on my own in a while. Usually I'm interviewing someone, or I've got Josh with me. Um, so it might be a bit shorter. Uh, I might have to pause to take some deep breaths, because chatting for 10, 15, 20 minutes straight is quite um, uh, a good cardiovascular workout. Uh, I didn't know how to say that. I just made myself more out of breath. Um, So also, we're not going to be doing a separate intro. I'm just going to start talking and keep going. We're going to have no breaks. We're going to see how long this takes, and we're going to just get into it. So I hope you have a drink. I hope you're relaxed or doing something you love while listening to this, and I'm going to get right into it. Today we are talking about eco-friendly sex. Thank you very much to the BBC article that I read the other day for the jumpstart diving off point for the (laughs) inspiration for this episode. Uh, That was my starting point for this. If you want to check that out, it's a really good base. A lot of the first bit of the podcast is a lot of research from that article. Um, So if you don't like listening to me, you can just go read that. Um, Eco-friendly sex. It covers a lot of things. We're going to talk a lot about a lot of things. We're going to talk about sustainable sex toys and condoms, and we're going to talk about eco-sexuality. Um, it's, it's very interesting. Hopefully we can scratch the surface just barely. I, I went into this thinking, oh, this will be a great last-minute um, fun episode to do research on. Shouldn't take me too long. And then I found myself in an internet hole, as I usually do with these episodes, where you can just uncover and unlock so much incredible content. Um, but because of that, the, the flip side of that, the unfortunate side, is that we cannot cover it all in these episodes. Um, so I'm going to scratch the surface. And like we always say with every episode, this is a really good starting off point. Um, if you want to read more or learn more about this kind of stuff, take what you hear here and go explore have fun. All right. Okay. And okay. I'm going to take another deep breath. Whew. Hmm. Lovely. Um, before we get into it, um, this should go without saying, but I'll say it anyway. Quick disclaimer that this episode is by no means an extensive piece of media about sex, nor am I giving advice about sex. Always about contraceptive methods, your sexuality, your sex life, talk to a professional doctor or a health professional um, for which options are best for you. I'm not giving advice. It's not my job to question your choices or tell you what to do. This is just a purely fun, informative piece about ego-friendly sex. So I hope that covers all the bases. I don't want anyone to feel like they should feel pressured into doing anything or, you know, changing their lifestyle. I know this is, I'm getting very deep. This, in, this introduction is very deep for what this is. I'm going to be talking about lambskin condoms in a minute. So j- don't be worried. It's going to be fun. We're going to be, fi- it's going to be fine. We'll be fine. Um, so yeah, like I said, enjoy, uh, sit back, relax, have a drink and we'll get into it. So I'll take a sip of wine first.
keep you in suspense. Um, Ego-friendly sex. What does that mean? It means a lot of things by choosing what toys and sexual products and contraceptives you use in the bedroom um, to an entire movement of ecosexuality, which is, I'll talk a bit more later, I'll break it down a bit more later, but it's essentially a movement dedicated to sexual sustainability um, and a green lifestyle that extends to your romantic sexual um, life. Lots to unpack, but lots of fun. So first, start us off with a fun fact. 10 billion latex condoms are produced and end up in landfills each year. So let's talk about condoms. Condoms. <laughs> there are, um, we're going to talk about a few different types. Some overlap, some don't. Uh, there are the familiar, that you all know, the latex condom, the most popular. Um, there are vegan condoms, which can also be latex condoms. Um, they can have both. And then there are lambskin condoms, which is a bit more of an unusual one that maybe not so many people use, but we'll also talk about those. Um, before we move on, I know I mentioned this a lot in our sustainability episode. We talked about um, what it means for something to be sustainable, what it means for it to be cruelty-free, what it means for it to be vegan. Um, these are all separate things. and They're all interchangeable. And sometimes you find that the thing is most sustainable is not exactly vegan, which we'll get into. Um, but vegan and cruelty-free, people often use those interchangeably. Vegan means that there is no animal product in the... in. There's no animal in the product. Whereas cruelty-free um, means that while the product may not have animal um, in it, it was tested... It Cruelty-free means it wasn't tested unethically on an animal. So a shampoo can be vegan, but not necessarily cruelty-free because it doesn't have animal products in it, um, but it was tested inhumanely on animals. That is, because you're going to see a lot of, as we go into sex toys, some things have bioplastic, but their packaging is this, or they were involved in this. Um, So that's just something I also want (sighs) to touch on. It's like I say, I'm a broken record. Every every episode, it's a catch-22, pick your poison. Um, My job is to sit here and tell you what I've learned and... for you to take with that what you will. There are pros and cons to all sustainable options that are given to you. Um, so latex, I wrote laxative in my notes, that's not right. Latex, um, almost all condoms are made with latex or a latex derivative. They are petroleum-based, which means they are coming from fossil fuels, so they do not break down naturally in the environment. Um, it is for this reason that they are not sustainable or environmentally friendly. However, a latex condom may not have animal product in it. It may be cruelty-free because it was not tested on an animal. Which, as I said that aloud, seems really weird if you would test a condom on an animal. But I didn't look into that, so maybe they do. I'm not sure. Um, There are two um, brands that are... They call themselves sustainable. They call themselves environmentally friendly. Um, There are so many. There's, like several, a nine just in an article that I read. So I'm going to talk about two, um, just to give you some, you know, a case study. Uh, Glide, with a Y, was first ethically certified vegan and fair trade condom brand. So this means that it's made without harmful chemicals and from sustainably grown rubber um, with fair trade and labor practices. And they are the only condom company officially certified by vegan society. So that's good. They're vegan. Um, 
sustainable in terms of ingredients with condoms means they're non-GMO, they're fair trade, they're vegan. It might be a natural latex, um, which I'll talk a bit about in the next sentence. Just hold your horses. There are no dyes, uh, fragrances, and they're more vagina friendly, which is great. Um, I think what they mean by that is just like no chemicals, essentially. Um, So I did mention sustainably grown rubber or natural rubber. Um, Natural rubber latex refers to the white sap that comes from the, oh gosh, Latin words and wine, Hevia brasiliensis tree. Um, It's often considered an environmentally degradable material. However, it is, it degrades incredibly slowly um, in comparison with like actual natural polyamers. So there's that. Um, Lambskin condoms. I went into another lambskin condom internet hole today, um, which I'll talk to you about as well. Um, lambskin condoms are made from the intestinal membrane of a lamb. They were used frequently during the Roman Empire. Um, and they're obviously not vegan, <laughs> but they are biodegradable. So like I said, interchanging. Interesting. Um, they are just as effective as other condoms in preventing pregnancy. However, they do not protect against STIs because of the natural pores that occur in the skin, um, which lets bacteria, uh, like your gonorrheas and your viruses, um, HIVs, can get through. Um, which I was, you know, something, I learned something new today. Um, there are benefits and disadvantages to lambskin condoms. Apparently, this is a benefit. They have, they're a thinner feel and texture. They're great if you're allergic to latex. Uh, apparently, they transmit body heat better than latex condoms. So I think the idea er- there is that it offers a more uh, increased sensation, um, which is interesting. Uh, Trojan makes a lambskin uh, condom, uh, Trojan Natura Lamb, and they are the largest condoms available. Um, on the public market. <laughs> so that's exciting. Um, and they have, I love this, they have a, a drawstring piece at the base just for added safety. Um, I looked it up. They do. Yeah, definitely. I've never seen them before, um, but I, I'm very interested to hear about. To, I would like to, mm, no, I'm just going to stop. I'll just shut up. Um, lambskin condoms can be used with oil-based lubricants, whereas a lot of other popular condoms can only use water-based or silicone-based lube, which is something else I didn't know, that a lot of these lubes aren't good with regular condoms. So glad I figured that out today. Um, Disadvantages. Um, Obviously, they can't be mass-produced, so they're more expensive. They're not as stretchy, which I think is interesting in comparison to the whole thinner feel and texture um, idea. But and also, they don't protect you from STIs. And apparently, they don't smell that good, which makes sense. Um, but, you know, the smell turns quite a few people off, understandably. Um, so sometimes the lube you're putting on is just as important as um, the condom. So like we just mentioned, some lubes and condoms don't work together, which would also be bad. Um but some lubes are more and more um, are more friendly and sustainable. Um, what this means, what an eco-friendly lube is, 
is ideally something with no petrochemicals, such as glycerin and paraben. Uh, sometimes it's hypoallergenic. Um, so essentially, there's no harmful chemicals in the lube that can't break down in the environment. There are options, for sure. Uh, liquid is a water-based, no glycerin, no parabens, um, water-based lube. There's organic aloe vera lube, which is 95% aloe vera enriched with vitamin E, which I think is interesting. I wonder, we have an aloe vera plant. Hmm, interesting. Um, there's coconut, which is a coconut oil-based lube, which I had no idea existed, but makes sense. It's got no alcohol, no petroleum, no gluten or fragrances or dyes, which means it is edible. So if that's something, a particular preference to you, maybe that's something you should check out. Eco sex toys. Um, This was fun. This was really fun. Uh, The Gaia Echo is the world's first recyclable and biodegradable vibrator. Um, Also, a lot of vibrators are now being made with biofoul, which is a starch-based bioplastic. Um, And some vibrators are solar-powered, which is also awesome. Uh, The California Exotic or the Glass Caliso Clear Glass Dildo, uh, which, uh, quote, will not shatter, but will deliver an earth-shattering orgasm. And I I like that. I agree. Okay, great. And this one, this is my favorite. Um, Knob Essence are hand-sculpted wooden dildos and, quote, highly polished to avoid splinters. Uh, I went on this website. It's incredible. It's lovely. These are be- Everything's sold out. Everything's expensive. 146 pounds for a wooden dildo. Hand-sculpted wooden dildo. Even, they were, they were stunning. Even if I was not to use it and just have it as an art piece somewhere in my home, I think it'd be pretty great. Uh, so if anyone's Christmas shopping for me, that would be, that would be fun. That's Knob Essence, N-O-B-E-S-S-E-N-C-E. Cool. Um, all right. The last topic we're going to be speaking about is eco-sexuality. Um, so this, it's about a lot of things. It's, um, got its sex and it's got its branches and its extensions uh like any belief system it has its extremists um but essentially it's a movement dedicated to sexual sustainability uh there's a very famous well i don't know very famous but uh anna sprinkles porn star turned sex educator um she's written a manifesto called ecosex manifesto um co-authored with someone else and i can't forget the i can't remember the name so sorry about that but ecosex manifesto um something you want to check out a bit further i'm going to break down little bits and pieces of what this movement is um, but if you want to get into more reading probably a good place to start um so ecosexuality reducing consumerism within the sex industry um, a lot of the times it's using, I don't recommend this, but using natural cycle apps as a contraception. Okay. You know what? It's important to note that no method of contraception is foolproof. So whatever works for you, obviously you can get pregnant if you're having sex, not necessarily a bad thing. Um, so they, a lot of the time they don't use condoms because of its waste. Uh, they don't use other products because of their waste or whatever so they use natural cycle apps 
um, to plan, you know, when they're, when they are in their cycle, so they won't get pregnant. Um, oh, my wine. Okay. I have a quote here um, from an article in Dazed um, called A Future World. In short, ecosexuals see sexuality as intrinsically linked with nature because we humans are just one small link in a much larger ecosystem. As much as we might like to believe the planet is our own personal playground, humans share the earth with a plethora of creatures who have just as much stake on the planet as we do. When we fuck, we're already doing it in harmony with nature because we are nature. Um, ellipsis in this regard ecosexuality is seductive it incentivizes people to change their relationship with nature by exploring their sexuality um so like i said lots to unpack only in just that paragraph um but in in general this is a very broad topic if you want to learn more just you know have a google uh amanda morgan who's a faculty member at the unlv school of community health sciences um she's involved in uh, an ecosexual movement says that ecosexuality could be measured in a sense not unlike the Kinsey scale. On one end, it encompasses people who try to use sustainable sex products or who enjoy skinny dipping and naked hiking. On the other hand, people who roll around in the dirt having an orgasm covered in potting soil, she said. There are people who fuck trees or masturbate under a waterfall. I'm not even going to comment. I'll just let that sit. I'll just let that hang there for a bit. Um, fun fact, though, before I leave you, um, look more into this. I'm sorry it was a short episode, but it was just me. So I'm just here talking to myself alone in my room. So if you have listened to this episode, that would be great. Um, but 100,000 people around the world identify as ecosexuals. So it's a growing, eco-porn is a growing one. Um, look, have, have a gander, all right? And, uh, we'll see you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>